0: Into this consideration, God interjects a contrast that we will do well to take note of in this day and age when we are constantly encouraged to strive to accumulate more. Psalm 37 verses 16-19 to A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be for ever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. Our wealth might be a little, but it is more valuable than the possessions of a multitude of the wicked, both in this life and in the one to come. There is no guarantee that the riches of the wicked will remain, but there is a guarantee with our God that he will sustain us in times of trouble. We will be satisfied, or satiated, having excess while all around us there may be famine or economic distress. This was the consistent experience of the psalmist in verse 25. I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. This is a principle we need to keep in mind in times of distress. Our God will come through for us. This is his promise, no matter how dire our circumstances might be. He will provide for us and our children. Most of us can remain true to our principles until perhaps our children are affected. Then we may be tempted to compromise our principles in order to eke out a living. Yet, the promise of God is specific in this regard. The experience of life teaches us that this is the case, and we can agree wholeheartedly with the psalmist. Our inheritance is incorruptible and unfading and shall be forever, for the alarm or the hidden age of the kingdom. It might not be revealed right now, but it is being held in reserve for us. Our source of confidence should dictate how we live our lives in this present dispensation. As Psalm 36, verse 7 to 9 say, How excellent is thy kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee... Is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. God's loving kindness is his faithfulness and goodness, described here as excellent, or something valuable, prized, precious, and rare. It is of great value, and lasts long after a bank account has run out. Therefore, we need to trust in it much more than the material goods that surround us. The Hebrew word for trust means to seek refuge, to flee for protection. If we do this, we will be abundantly satisfied, a word signifying to be saturated, drenched, or watered abundantly. These blessings are described as the river of pleasures, just like the river of Eden, a form of the same Hebrew word. These are not pleasures as the world looks at them, but the things that are pleasant to God and satisfying above all else. This is what Christ promised the woman at the well in Samaria, where Jesus says, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And again Christ reiterates the promise in John chapter 7. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This is the picture of Revelation, where the waters of Eden flow in Revelation 22, verse 1, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. The world today teaches self-confidence as a trait to be admired. This has never been a principle God has endorsed. In fact, his goal is to get us to do the exact opposite, He asks us to call upon him in our distress. When we are in distress, confined by trials, we need to call upon our God. These are the times when our resources just do not seem sufficient to match the need, or when our circumstances are too confining and we feel trapped in our present situation. If we call on God, he will answer, and his response will be in tune with our needs. God is able to set us in a large place. Often when we feel trapped in our circumstances, we turn to our own resources to deliver ourselves or look to others when really we should look to our God. A great example of this is Jabez in First Chronicles chapter 4, where it says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him. That which he requested. The psalmist continues exhorting us where we need to put our confidence in Psalm 118. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Oh, that we would learn this lesson God is on my side and taketh my part, or literally is for me. This doesn't happen unless we are first for God. The key is to put ourselves right with God, and he will take care of the rest. We need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Once we are actively in this state, then we don't fear what man does at work or in the world around us. We cannot turn back to trusting in man or in the rulers of this world. As Psalm 118 continues, Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord help me. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. Human nature is a curious thing. We can believe that God is capable of working with the nations, able to bring Israel back from their captivity after 2,000 years, and yet lack the faith to believe that God will work in our everyday circumstances. Some of the greatest examples of faith come from those whose domestic lives God touched. When the angel Gabriel in Luke chapter 1 spoke to Mary about the birth of John, he stated how far God's hand can reach. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing is impossible. He is not void of power to perform anything. The same power is available to us if we believe, as Elizabeth encourages Mary in verse 45. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. The Greek word for believed means to think to be true to be persuaded of, to place confidence in, and is the verb form of the word faith. Although we don't have an English equivalent, Elizabeth says to Mary, happy is she that faithed. There would be a performance of what was promised, something perfecting, accomplished, a completing, or the event which verifies the promise. The remarkable thing is that it isn't Mary who does the performing, it is God. She believes God can do the impossible in her, not that she can do the impossible herself. This is what faith is, and it is a necessary requirement for all of us. But it involves diligently seeking God, a verb which means to seek out, search for, investigate, scrutinise or crave. It comes from the word zeto, meaning to seek by thinking, meditating, reasoning or striving after. This was the faith of Abraham. Note that God intervened in his domestic circumstances, and he was fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Abraham didn't consider and fixate upon his own inadequacies or shortcomings. Instead, he was completely convinced that God could bring about what he had promised. We somehow think that God is not capable of operating in our small domestic circumstances. Perhaps we believe that he will not be bothered with us. God's assistance is available to all who believe. Again, it is not that we will do it, it is that God is able, in our circumstances, to fulfil his promise to provide.